Yo, what is up? It is Tuesday, April 6th. We are talking today about the top things, top dealer groups, top Gen Z brands, top partnerships. Oh, and there's Kyle's head bouncing around the screen. Here I go. The people really want to know who no, I is. I don't think I it's Thursday. I actually knew it was Wednesday. I thought it was Wednesday. But I really do psych myself out now before every intro and I like look down at my date and I'm like, what day is it? Because it only says the, the, the number and the month. So <laughs> so fair enough. That's a fair dig. Um, there's a lot of energy in the room today. Um, we're talking about the, the top things around, top dealers, top brands, um, top Gen Z brands to be specific, what Ain't the top it. strategies are for content, um, which we both have passionate uh, feelings about. We actually, funny, we haven't talked about this at all, Kyle. But right. I know we both have passionate feelings about it, and uh, I'm interesting to see uh, what you think about it because I have thoughts. Right. You have thoughts. What's up, Larry Feldman? Thanks for Larry saying hi Feldman, in the this chat. Guy. One of our favorite people. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. Um, quick notes: Pitch Tank is back today, baby. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I always there's always a lot of energy around it. I think there's going to be a particular energy around it today because we've been off for a month. Um, we're gonna have some great moderators, some great companies coming in and uh yeah i think it's good for our industry to be a part of hearing what other people are doing so whether you're an industry partner or you're a dealer it doesn't matter it's like what's going on in the world of auto tech auto partnerships um and and keeping your head up it's you never know when you're going to need something that's in the room yeah i mean if you're not familiar with pitch tank is it's a clubhouse room where we will have three automotive industry vendors pitching their product they get what two or three minutes what is it Yes, three. Three minutes to pitch, right? Audio only. And it's it's like three minutes and you're done. And then there's a, a panel of uh, brilliant dealers and industry partners who kind of just like pick apart the pitch, ask questions about the product. So, you know, if you're ever in those situations where you don't really know what questions to ask or what questions you should be asking, Pitch Tank is a great place to be. You can find that. Oh, gosh. What's the URL for our clubhouse? A Club. A Sodu. Do we have a soda dot? Uh, maybe a soda dot club. I think we'll go with I, it. I, I, it we is, did that. that. I think is, we did we that. We did do that. <laughs> it's a soda dot club. Good morning to everybody saying good morning in the chat. Uh, Colby, Sandy, Marshall. What is up? We got good people in the house this morning. Good people in the house this morning. Um, so, okay, so let's get into the first the first bit of news that we have. Um, every year, um, some some company. I know it ends with an S. I think the rest of it was cropped out. Automotive News. Yes, the rest of it was cropped out. Automotive News releases this top 150 dealer list. And uh, it's great because they rank, you know, dealer size and performance. And you get to see, like, people moving up and down on the list. This year, we have a little movement. Actually, we had some really significant movement. Yesterday, we talked about Lithia going from three to two, which is kind of a big move, right? Like, that yep. whoever's fighting for the top three spots. But our, I feel like I can say our very own now. Our very own. Liza Borsches, owner-CEO of Carter Myers Automotive Group, they jumped 29 spots on the oh, list. <laughs> second biggest mover of the group, actually. Um, so, yeah, really cool to see her. And and for those that know, Asodu know that she's she's close. She's an investor. And so kudos to her, the team over there. It's a, You know what I love? She it, We would be like, kudos to you, Liza. She'd be like, no everybody else i'm just <laughs> she would not take the credit get at all. this her we were talking to her the other day the way that she organizes her corporate team on their org chart is at the very bottom and they call it support staff they don't even call it the corporate team so it's like a reverse that's how the they old go reverse to pyramid so good reverse so pyramid smart. so uh they jumped from number 117 
to number 88. Broke the top 100. Um, and there's probably a lot more to come. And uh, if you click on the link in the show notes, the automotive news story links out to the story of how she made her most frequent act. Uh, recent acquisition, which was really the result of a 20-year relationship, not like somebody on the hunt. It was really somebody coming to her and saying, we believe in your culture. We believe in how you do things. We want to take care of our people. And we think that yep. you would be the right fit. Are you interested? And boy, is that an how awesome cool. way for it to go. How cool. Yeah. Boy, is it an awesome way for it it's to like go. It's like leading with people instead of financials, right? I mean, the financials absolutely. will come, but leading with people is is dead on. So absolutely love it. And yeah, a couple other troublemakers that we know. Wester from 22 to 17. Um, Coons, Coons, we know the team over there. Uh, sitting in at 30. Was it, Jermaine, which Jermaine is, is it? The one in uh, Ohio. You know, that's a great question. <laughs> They're both technically out of Ohio, from what I understand. Shop is on there. We got a lot of friends on that list now. A lot, a lot, a lot of, friends. of friends. So, yeah, um, yeah check out the list. Go in the show notes, um, and you can just click right through and read. Look for the people that you know, and shoot them a little congratulation message because it's a big achievement to get on the top one hundred and fifty new uh, top one hundred and fifty list. You know by- what was interesting, and I don't know if this is historical, but I don't remember it being. I remember the top one hundred and fifty being by overall. Uh, profitability. Um, and they had a profitability list, but it was done based on new cars. Um, so I think there was, that was one of the reasons for a lot of the movement. It was, uh, you know, the top 150 was done based on new car sales. I'd have to research to figure out if that's the way it always has been, uh, or whether that's kind of a new way of, of measuring. Yeah. The, well, the they actually, if I remember correctly, there are several lists in the, in the print edition and it's top 150 based on this, based on this, based on this. Yep. We'll, we'll look at, we'll investigate. We'll find those hard-hitting answers for you. There um, you go. Uh, got, a, got a partnership to talk about today. Yeah, this is really neat to see. You know, we've seen historically OEMs coming together and partnering on technology. Um, but this is really uh, one of the first announcements that is dedicated to EV technology. So yesterday, Honda and GM announced a partnership to uh, to increase the capacity in EV manufacturing and technology research um, and and. Uh, you know, Mary Barra was was interviewed and quoted a lot in that. And uh, I'm actually pulling it up right now so I can pull that out. But um, I just love the fact that, it, you know, the OEMs are banding together, too. That's right. Good. It's like when OEMs band together, no crisis can win. We have a great right? we have a great meme for this. I don't I don't think we have it loaded up in the show, but we'll, we'll put it out soon. It was just in our internal slack as we're developing memes and it's got like two arms like. Yeah, like big muscly arms, and one says Honda, and one says GM, and it says Operation Tesla who? <laughs> yep. it's, it's a good one. So, so good. Um, you know, hey, if, if Honda and GM, so they've worked together before on battery cell technology. Um, yep. You know, a lot of this development is around, I think, what will end up in the Honda, I think it's called the Prologue coming out. The Honda Prologue and uh, Acura's first um, all-electric vehicle, which I think is 2024, is next year, um, is going to be released. Oh, there it is. Operation Tesla. Who that? There we go. Now we're talking um, <laughs> <laughs> on the screen is what we were just showing that. What would I, I never fully understand how these partnerships work, right? Like who gets what, who's resourcing what. But yeah. there is one thing for, sh- for sure is that both of these companies take a different approach on things. And that's like, I guess, yeah. any good partnership, right? You get two people that have a different approach on things that really want to accomplish a, a similar goal together. It's one of some of the work we do here. At, yeah, you and know, so do, right? 
just because of my history, the one that I've been closest to in recent past is a Mazda Toyota par- partnership. Yep. And and the 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 idea for the partnership was not just you know manufacturing and bringing you know the capacity for both to be at one uh, plant mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, but also the the Mazda engine technology was what Toyota was after, and the Toyota EV technology was what Mazda was after. And so, mm. bringing both of those together to drive innovation um, was something. That, I mean, this is a three four year old partnership. Everyone's like, "Who wants engine technology these days?" Um, <laughs> but when you've got a manufacturer that meets and exceeds all of the engine technology guidelines, and 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 um, and uh, what's the EPA guidelines? that are that are in the market that's where toyota was paying attention so what would yeah let me ask you a question if honda and gm got together and they were not going to work on automotive technology or a car what do you think they would build mm. well you know what's interesting i mean honda uh, honda and gm are both very very invested in non-automotive technology already right um you know i mean Honda, Honda engines on, um, on lawnmowers are like the, that's what everyone wants. Right. So, you know, I, I do think that whenever you're partnering, you know, at that, at that scale, equipment. you're probably, you, it makes, yeah, they make something that moves. Right? Right. I, I was in a home Depot or Lowe's Lowe's last night and I saw, I mean, I know there've been battery powered lawnmowers, right. That's been a thing, but now like half of them are battery powered and I yes. saw a full zero turn rider and it was like it was like blue i was like what's the blue about and then yeah it was a it was a battery powered zero turn no 60 amp hours i'm like i need to try one of these there's okay (laughs) i tried i tried an electric lawnmower and that thing just couldn't i'm just telling you it couldn't keep i don't care there's tons of people that are like that thing gets the job done i love it but it just does not get have you ever gone from zero to 60 in three seconds in a tesla Like, there's no doubt that an electric motor should be able to produce the torque required to cut some grass. Like, it should be. It, it but should right be. right now it's not. <laughs> I, my, my main question with that big zero-term lawnmower was like, how fast does this thing go? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're like, like flying. You're like, I just cut the grass in 10 minutes. You know, those, you know those people that do the lawnmower soup-ups? Yes. You know? I'm like, oh, this is a whole different game. It's if a whole other EV game for technology them. into this. Like, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> Someone's Someone throws it. an Altium battery in a zero turn, and it's like what it's supposed to power a, a truck. And here it comes yeah. a zero it, turn. It's just coming. Like, it's coming. Right. Well, okay, we we digress into <laughs> we went way off, <laughs> but, but maybe they would build a really fast lawnmower, and we would buy it. Um, oh, so uh, looking at Gen Z, right? So Gen Z are now buying vehicles. Right. We know mm-hmm. like Gen Z or the millennials of 20 years ago. Right. So you just think not too long ago, for those of you who can remember back in 2020 or 2003, I can remember it's the year I started my first business. There you go. We were talking about millennials. Right. The conversation was just starting about millennials. Right. Oh, entering the workforce, going to be a large buying segment. And now the millennials are like largely middle management and in charge. You kind of are moving in that direction. Now yeah. Gen Z are the new millennials, right? So now it's going to, we're like, okay, what are these new buying trends? What are these new buying habits? And how can we understand them better? Because now we have to contextualize what we're doing to them. Well, uh, a brand that I follow called Collective, it's spelled without And, and an real o. quick, to be clear, to be clear, Gen Z goes all the way up to age 25 right now, right? So is this isn't like, I thought it was yeah, so that's, okay. that's, that's apparently what Gen Z is up to now. So you oh, got to think like, millennials, 40, that, yeah. these people are in the marketplace right now. They're not working and buying things. They're not just teens. Right. That's a good point. So Gen Z, 
This is uh, an article from uh, Collective C-L-L-C-T-V-E, right? They took out all the fancy things. It's, it's cool. But they're like, hey, here are the five brands that get it. And they kind of label the five uh, top five brands that Gen Z connects with. I'm not surprised. Actually, there one, there's one in here that I'm, it makes sense. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that as a brand. I thought of it as a tool. So here's the list. Nike, mm. no surprise, right? Nike has just done an amazing job at, at understanding culture, being a part of the popular conversation, and then just building out a very large gravitational pull, right? Not just with athletes, not just in fashion, but all types of yes. things. Uh, the next brand is Vans. Uh, Vans. Wow, to Van, me. Is Vans owned by Nike? I don't, I don't think so, but. Versus, it, no. Vans doesn't really matter because back. that's wild because 1998 was like vans on point everybody was like gotta have a vans gotta have that skater vibe and it's kind of coming it's coming full circle yeah they've been around Which since the 70s been. um you know they're the second favorite shoe brand but also the second favorite brand so obviously this is telling us that style and you know visible expression is a big part of how gen z is um you know is going to react and uh, look this the shoes are more affordable they're kind of timeless in their design. Uh, they yep. said it's kind of like a gender neutral design. So it's like they really do flow back and forth. So there's kind of like a larger way to deploy the fashion. Yes. Um, you know, so it's kind of like any, anybody can be cool in Vans. It is interesting that like they're back. That Vans Smart. never went the Walmart route. You know what I mean? Like when I was like Stussy and I remember Champion were like the big deal. And then they yep. went into Walmart, right? They signed the big deal. They got in the Walmart and then they just dropped off like the popular culture map. Vans never just went that way, but, Van, no, but yeah. Vans absolutely hold on. Number three brand. Here's the one that surprised me. Adobe. I know, right? So interesting. But I, I get it because we're creating a generation of content creators. So it's a creative, yeah. It's a, it's and, a culture of creation. And it maps right to number four, which is Apple, Do right? Stop. Is that Segway. like Time. <laughs> Did, did we just do a segue in we the middle said, of a segment? We didn't even know what happened. <laughs> it's a segue in the middle of a segment. So, yeah, so, uh, Pip, go ahead, Kyle. I interrupt you with that. So, Adobe is the third highest brand about creating content, right? If you're not familiar, just to give you Adobe uh, Premiere Pro, Adobe Illustrator, Adobe Photoshop. Photoshop. You've heard the word Photoshop, right? Now, Gen Z, th these tools have become a part of their life, right? They're making yeah. content. They're using it in everyday life. And then, Kyle, to your transition <laughs> you were yeah saying. well uh, yeah no so to to pit to ping that with apple right and and tie that together is really important but i think probably apple, the transition apple, which is that, number four which is number four but really the transition is you know how key is creativity around content how much content do you need to put out and how creative does it need to be or does it need to be both and uh, i didn't even i didn't even catch this until we started going through this like this idea of everything needing to be a lifestyle brand, right? That what no matter what type of brand you are to approach Zen, Gen Z, you have to play, present yourself as a lifestyle brand, something that is in, in the lifestyle that I want to exhibit, right? That I want, that I want to put out there. I, I love the example of, you know, Apple back in the day when the Apple used to be turned toward uh, on the computer, it used to be turned toward the user as so they opened it. Right. So it'd be upside down when you open it. But it'd be it. upside down when you open it. And then they turned it so that when you open it, it's it's right side Facing up to out, the yeah. to the onlooker, right? And this is what Gen Z is looking at. They're like, how am I perceived from a lifestyle perspective? 
which means I need the tools and resources. So Apple, Adobe to make myself look good when I have my Vans and my Nike on right in the perception of the world, it all kind of loops together. And so, well, that's what brand, that's what real brand connection is about. We'll talk about the content creation. Um, let's get back to that for just a second. So Apple is number four on the list. The last one is Honey. It's a browser extension that allows you to find oh, wow. discounts, right? If you're on a site, you're searching, you have the Honey uh, browser extension open. It will automatically search the internet for discounts. I mean, Mr. Beast talks about this a lot, but I mean, it also goes to show you that like Gen Z likes, likes hacking. Likes hacking yep. to get it done, right? Finding the discount, finding, right? Something that's kind of like built into human nature. So back to the creative thing, back to the brand thing, back to the content thing. Let's get back to that lane. Brand connection is about being a reflection of your own values back at you. That's what I believe brand is. So when yep. you talk about a fashion brand, right? I think fashion brands get it in the sense that they understand that what you put on your body is going to reflect literally back and express something about your personality. Gen Z is all about that in their creative mindset. Um, they're all about that in the products that they wear. That's why I think mugs like this early mornings are for troublemakers work, right? Because yep. it reflects something about my values back at me. So Kyle posed a question and, oh man, we're 17 minutes in. Son oh, of a gun. We got like 20 minutes to go on this one. So Don't worry, again, we're Kyle, not going. Pose the question because you posed it yesterday. We didn't get to it. You posed it. Yeah. We put it in today. It's so important because we've had some situations in some of the clients we work with where we're like, this is the time to answer this question. So yeah. you get to pose the question. The question is, is, is volume of content enough or do you have to express some level of creativity for it to land. Right. So which and, more, so you're you, to contextualize or, that. You're or, saying go ahead. Or also on the other side, is a high level of creativity enough without the volume of content, right? Like which which wins will either one succeed on its own mm -hmm. and is the marriage of content and creative creativity necessary in order to present brand present present lifestyle be you know be a reflection of your values i think i think it's all about the desired result but more importantly it's about the speed of the desired result because mm. if you can flood the market with volume volume content right that is yep. like kind of ugly and not thought out and a little abrasive and loud and you can flood the market with it and guess what you can get results, right? Absolutely. It costs more money, right? Because you have yep. to put more of it out there, but you can get faster results. I think when you're more intentional about the creative and the messaging and how everything aesthetically looks, all of that communicates something about your brand, which takes longer to develop. Absolutely. Right? But once that tree grows, it's going to give you shade for a really, really long time. And so I'm going to lean in the camp of there is no right answer for this. I'm going to say that is, that is true. It, it is, it's on the desired outcome. Like what do we need right now? And what do we need in the future? And what's the desire for our brand to be in the marketplace? But I would personally lean on moving toward the creative, the creativity reflection of your brand instead of just like media arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Media arbitrage is good for transactions. Brand is good for retention. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, th that is always the better long game. It's always the lower cost of transaction. It's always the higher retention value and the lifetime value of a customer or client. Um, but it is, it is much, much harder. And there, it, it takes a lot of 
intensity and in focus to execute well isn't it funny that in life something that takes more work is going to yield a longer come on results come funny on think about that so Let's i know go. If, it, if it was up to me right everything would be perfect even as we've launched a Sodu, right? I've had to really shut off a part of me that's just like, creatively, this isn't where I want it to be. But right. I do see the result of actually getting content out there that people can interact with and building yeah. the brand. There is no, there is no right way to, to, to approach it. But I, and I know you, and I know many of the dealers who are savvy brand marketers, understand that planting a tree is going to take longer for it to grow, but you're going to eat fruit from that tree for 50 years versus yep. planning something that's going to sprout out up in two months and you're going to pull it, you're going to eat it and it's gone. You got to do all the work again. So I would say the more time you spend developing your brand with great creative, um, the less ad dollars you are going to spend in the long run. I think ad dollars are actually just a tax on your brand. So ad dollars are a tax on your brand. Put that on a shirt and wear it. Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, look, we gave you all the stuff. We gave you 21 minutes today of our heart and soul. We hope you turn around and give the rest of the day your heart and soul as you lean into this industry, serve other people, try to make it one step better today. Mm -hmm.